and welcome to Yelling About Comics episode 53, mm-hmm. in which we can all be excited, everyone. Your prayers have been answered. Ex-Jesus has returned in the form of Jonathan Hickman. He has descended from the heavens to save the ex-peoples. Praise. What do you have to say about this, Carrie Honey? So, all right. So when it was first announced, okay, let me change that. Not when it was first announced because I missed it was announced like two months ago. Because I don't (laughs) religiously, I don't religiously read CBR and IO9. But when I officially heard about it, my first reaction was, "What? Why?" And then when it said that he's basically, you know, canceling everything, I was like, what? Why? Today, especially after reading the latest issue of Uncanny X-Men and really thinking about where X-Men has gone. Okay, you know what? I, I'm fine. I am down with the idea of let's consolidate the X-Men. I think we've talked about numerous times about how that's always been a problem with this series. Even back when I got into it in the 90s, there's always too many series to follow to catch up everything's going on with the X-Men and part of that problem is because they have too many X-Men. Um so let's let's back up really quick and say that Jonathan Hickman basically went to Marvel and told them that the current state of X-Men is a mess, which duh. And he convinced them and I don't know how, but he convinced them to cancel almost all of the X-Men series so they can consolidate down to two? One? There's House of X and Power of X, right? And is that is the eventual goal to have just one comic from those? Like, are they going to try to condense everything down into those two so that they can then go forward with one? Well, what he, <clears throat> according to CBR, what he said was, uh, so I argued for canceling the entire line why it would work, why it was a good idea, and most importantly, why it was what we needed to do narratively to return the X-Men to the rightful prominent position in the Marvel Universe. And it sounds like he wants to consolidate it. He didn't say consolidate. They're inferring consolidate it to make it more like the narrative of like Fantastic Four and the Avengers. Right. And so uh, he further says, we needed to sell the idea that this is what we're going to be doing for the next few years. So if you want to read X-Men books during the run from late July through September, House of X and Powers of X are the only new X books available. And everything that's going to follow is based on them, he added. Now, I'm going to interrupt right here just to point out that House of X, excuse me, and Powers of X are two miniseries. They're each only six issues long. We wanted to be clear to the fans, to the stores, and just as importantly, to the creators who are going to be staffing these books in the future. We wanted the message to be very clear. This is a whole new era for the X-Men. This is what we're doing now. So, um, like I said, we've talked many times about how there's, there's too many, uh, 
I've almost, I think I've lost track of how many X-Men series I've subscribed to just in this podcast. I mean, I'm not counting like my backlog when I was researching stuff. I know at one time I had, un, I think when we first started this podcast, I was reading Uncanny X-Men by Colin Bunn and Extraordinary X-Men. I was, I think that was Mark Guggenheim. I think, I don't remember. Anyway. And then there was also all new X Men. Right, there was all new X Men, which was about ninety two. Oh, that was a random mini series. That was like it was a parody. Is really oh, okay, what it was. okay. I'm, and just, then, I'm going back. I like I went back through our show notes. Yeah. Just like how many you have, and so we had all those, and those like so, so like I was saying, so the all new X Men was the original five, and they were brought here. And their adventures when they decided to separate from the other X-Men after uh, Cyclops died. And they kind of brought in some other teenagers to hang out with them. And then that fizzled out. And they made Uncanny X-Men, which was just freaking amazing. And they decided to let Magneto be Magneto and ruin everything. I guess if you can't trust this guy who always turns evil, like, who can you trust in this world? I know, right? Um... So just for those keeping up, I'm at episode 14 and I've counted 11 series. Different series? Okay. And then Extraordinary X-Men was just like, I guess, the X-Men proper. The ones that were still at the house, the school of Jean Grey and, and all that. And then all of those series ended uh, when you had the Inhumans versus X-Men, the IVX series. Which then morphed into... X-Men Gold, X-Men Blue, followed by X-Men Red, and then X-Men Black, which was just a, uh, they're one-shots, just uh, kind of detailing about the uh, uh, different villains that they were going to bring in into the future, because it sounded like they were just paving the way for this future, and then they consolidated all that down into Uncanny X-Men, just to have X-Jesus come in and ruin everything. Destroy everybody. They're going to bring Scott, bring Wolverine back. Okay, whatever. I thought this whole time their goal was to bring it, was to find a way to get everybody back, but I've been wondering why they haven't been doing a damn thing. And now I guess I know why. Because <laughs> there's no point if they're just going to reboot the whole thing. I don't even know if that's what they're going to do. If they're going to reboot it, or if they're going to find a way to bring them all back, or if. Someone gets the time stone. <laughs> Someone get Thanos' glove. Don't, I mean, don't there, say it. It'll happen. There is. Oh shit. Uh oh. Wasn't there that Wolverine? <gasps> yes, Comicsology keeps recommending it to me, and every time I see it, I'm like, ew. What did I ever? Okay, do? so what we're saying is like, well, there's a series either out or coming out about Wolverine getting um, the gauntlet, the Infinity Stone gauntlet. And I believe there is a line in there about him having a time-traveling baseball bat. Yes. And that's not a joke, by the way. Just, no. just, just so we're clear. Not a joke. Yeah, we had a very intense debate in our Slack chat over which was worse, the doorknobs of DC or the time-traveling baseball bat. Well, um, you know, and I think, by the way, I'm going to give a shout-out to Larry today. He uttered the phrase quite seriously that Doom, the shit, the Legion of Doom, yeah, Legion the Legion of, of Doom's doorknobs. 
The Legion of Doom was going to attack with their doorknobs, and quite frankly, the fact that that's even a thing that could happen... Yeah. That makes it worse than baseball bats. I don't know. Time-traveling baseball bats... Well, I guess, I guess it really depends on how they're able to time travel with the baseball bat. Like, do you have to hit somebody or something with it every time? Do, do you, you have just, to hit a home run? Do you, like, put it down on the ground and put your head on it and spin around? Like, <laughs> like Now, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Then all of a sudden you're like, and I'm time traveling now. Oh, for goodness sake. Now, of course, when I go to my recommended, it's not all... No, it's not on there anymore. I guess they heard me complaining about it. <laughs> so, and then if you look at the description for these two miniseries, Powers of X and House of X, the Powers of X is, they're supposed to be intertwining with one another. And all it says is that it, it reveals the secret past, present, and future of mutant kind. I love it. So basically, it sounds like we're going to have a retconning of origin stories. Changing the way you look at every X-Men story before and after. See? See? You do not want to miss the next seminal moment in the history of the X-Men. And what I find so funny about this is that with the way X-Men has been going, we've already known that they were going to move forward to something different because they have three different series of X-Men Grand Design where they right. actually go through a history of a character. And it's almost like it's almost like a cliff notes of, of what they've done while leaving out some things that don't fit into the new narrative that they're trying to push. And I've been fine with that because they've actually brought in some of that older art. It's been really fun just to kind of look through to see where they changed and how we got to these certain points. So does that mean anything anymore? Is that all? Does that not matter? So let's talk pros and cons about this. Oh, wait. I was going to do the, the quick oh, synopsis yeah. of House of X. Yes, please. Uh, oh, it's very simple in house of x charles xavier okay so he's back i mean i know he's come back from the dead but he's like said i'm gonna go hide and oh that was that other x-men series shit i forgot about that one that spun off because it was the it was bringing back charles xavier and then i quit it when it became you know colossus beast and um havoc forming their yeah. own groups i'm like man who cares Okay, uh, Charles Xavier reveals his master plan for mutant kind, one that will bring mutants out of the shadow of mankind and into the light once more. Vague. That's the one with him and Moira, right? Well, on the cover of number one, it has this guy I don't know. With like an X over his head, maybe Cerebra, maybe that's supposed to be Professor X. And the Magneto's next to him and then Wolverine, and then Jean Grey, and Cyclops, and they look like they're coming out of Siege Perilous. Which, let's bring that back. Yeah, everybody was clamoring for that. So, but I say again, though, like, let's look at this, like, good news, bad news, right? So the pros and cons of this. So I think the pros, it's hard, you cannot look at the current X-Men and not realize that it's there's no consistency to it it is off the rails they've started how many i mean just looking through your list and i know that i don't even think actually i should go back and we should go back and look and find this out but i don't know how many of those you rage quit like i think most of them you quit because they ended 
And the number of series that have come and go gone in the past, when did we start doing this podcast? Three years ago? And the number of comics that have gone and come and gone in that time, is it's insane. So the only one, okay, I remember Rage Quitting 2. And one of them was um, X-Men Blue, but then I came back. Right, right. And the other one, well, I mean, I guess it's technically, there's still three, I guess. So there's that one, and then I came back. And then there was X-Force. That, that was very right. recent, and that was because I couldn't deal with Kid Cable being a product of a possible future. All right, I just confused myself. There was just, there was strife, right. and Cable, and different timelines and that was just it for me that i i could not deal right and so i mean so okay so somebody needs to clean this up right and one of the quotes that i really liked from hickman and i'm going to be paraphrasing it because i can't remember the exact quote but he talked about how these multiple series and these multiple crossovers and all of that stuff in the old days it was a good sales tactic Right, because and I think we've talked about this in this com this podcast a lot, especially when we're talking about DC. It was like back in the nineties and the eighties when a character would show up in your series and be like, "Remember that one thing?" <laughs> and then there would be an asterisk and be like, "Oh, you also have to be reading this other series." And oh, okay, I guess I got to go read that other series. But now there's so many of them that barely any of them cross over. And Jonathan Hickman said that now they're just abusing it. They're just abusing it left and right. It's a mess for the retailers. It's a mess for the readers. And these series, they come and go. Oftentimes, users, users, readers don't even know that these series are ending until they go to get their trade and it's not there. Um, so, again, needed to be cleaned up, needed to be consolidated. Okay, that makes sense. Um, for, I would like to think, and I'm not really sure about this, but... I mean, maybe so, to get back to basics. I am looking like in my comicsology library, and uh, so as far as, damn it, did not tell you that. So as far as Uncanny X Men goes, that series, there are one, two, three, four, five separate series of Uncanny right. X Men that have start and stop, and they each have their own number ones. Because that's not confusing. Right. You know, and I'm also looking through, I was like, wow, look at this. I have three different um, series for Uncanny X-Force. There are three different series for the Uncanny Avengers. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, oh, Weapon X. God, that, of course, they canceled that. And that was so good because they suck. Uh, do I even need, I'm not even going to get into all the different just playing x-men ones because it's insane right i mean so like like we said like on the one hand this does need some cleaning up and oh, yeah. some cleaning up and some consolidation that's kind of what i thought x jesus was going to do i just didn't think he was going to take everybody right well and we've also said this before and i've watched you and seth have this conversation a lot obviously i don't have a dog in this fight but I've watched you and Seth have this conversation a lot in our slack channel which is that it doesn't feel as though x that Marvel has a cohesive roadmap for X-Men or a vision or that they know where they're going with it. They feel, it feels like they're still very much trying to figure out what's going to stick with them on the whole. Mm -hmm. Like some series clearly have a vision, 
and then other series are just all over the place. And then when you look at it from the big picture, it's, you know, kind of like we could talk about with DC a lot, that they don't really seem to have a plan. No, or they might, or like we said, also DC, they've might've had a plan, but then everybody's just gone off on their own. Right. And kind of, they've made, made their own stories. Um, so I am 100% behind getting it down to a series where it's like the Avengers or, or the Fantastic Four. I am right. more than fine with that. Cause the only way we're going to be able to do that though, is to cut down the number of X-Men on, and um, they are going to have to keep some of the old ones in there because I have to say, if they get rid of all of the originals, I'll, I'll leave because there's really no one of the new ones that I care about. Of course, if they're going to keep with what they've been doing in Uncanny X-Men, there's not going to be any new ones because they keep dying. Like, right? we've had about two or three die every issue in Uncanny X-Men lately. Um. I think that actually segues us into the cons is that is how are they going to do this? Are they just going to, okay, look, these are the two new series. We don't care about anything that happened that came before this. This is where we're basically declaring that this is the starting point. Ignore everything else that came before this. We're going forward in this new universe. Or are they going to attempt to resurrect people, kill people, write people off stage, send them off into the sunset. Like, do you think they'll try to wrap up all of these ends to then bring it all into one cohesive series or two, as it were? Well, I mean, I don't know how, because there are only two issues left of Uncanny X-Men um, for June. And, um, and then the new series starts in July. And there's no more Uncanny X-Men. I double-checked the solicitations. That's 100% correct. So it ends in, in two issues. Um, right. And what these... I mean, I can tell what these two miniseries are going to do. It's going to be their attempt to kind of take everything and mold it into one series. Right. The question is, like you said, how are they going to... Like, nope, you know what? Forget all that. Or are they just going to take what they've done with X-Men Grand Design and bring those in there? Because those were more of, uh, you know, like I said, like little cliff notes, history books of these certain characters. They could still take those and easily bring them in and be like, okay, this this is what, what we're doing now. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> or, or is he going to try to find some way to take what happens at the end of uncanny X-Men and everything else and bring it over? I mean, right. and I don't know how that can happen, especially with X-Force. Um, the, only, the only way to save X-Force is erase, just pretend it never happened. Just, and I'm almost fine with uncanny X-Men having it all like, this is all Scott's worst nightmare. And he wakes up. <laughs> You're going to pull a Dallas on us. I am. I am. You know what? At this point, it couldn't be worse. Well, you know what? We say that, and Marvel's never disappointed us in the past with that. Well, I just don't see how any other way they can wrap this up in into. So, what would be issues? the better option? Would it be better to try to wrap this up somehow, or would it be better to just be like, you know what? We're dropping the bomb, and we're just going to say that. This is the new. This is the new world. Get used to it. Ignore everything else. I think it's going to have to be the latter, only because this is happening into 
two issues. And like, I know that this was announced like a couple of months ago, so obviously they've had time to rework this. But just because of Uncanny X-Men, not a goddamn thing is happening other than right. uh, a young mutants either leaving and getting murdered on the way out the door or getting murdered for other things. And I mean, they've, yeah, it's, I can't even explain it. And you know, Wolverine, he's already decided he's going to take his toys and go home uh, because, oh my God, because Scott is mad at him for going and killing all of the teenagers that killed that other X-Man. Uh, and they were, basically, they were trying to get her to bring out her power, so they beat her to death. It was like kind of on, sadly, it was like on accident, but yes, they still beat her to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wolverine's like, well, I'm not going to go to her funeral. I'm just going to go kill all these teenagers in a really nasty way. And Scott gets mad. Wolverine's like, you knew this is who I am. He's like, we don't murder. And he's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and he leaves. And there's someone on the way out. They're like, didn't you actually try? Didn't you separate from Scott like a long, like a while ago because Scott was okay with, with killing and you weren't and you wanted to, you know, really build, rebuild the school. And he's like, I think he's like, well, things have changed. And like, yeah, I guess it's because I guess the thing that changed is that you died. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I think it's just that they, these personalities keep intersecting. Or as Scott, he has already said, I made a mistake. That should never right. have happened. And, and I don't know if Wolverine's like, well, I made a mistake and I shouldn't have been so soft and cuddly to people. I should just go back to the murderers. I mean, right. and if we're going to take like with what's going on, what, what happened in um, The Long Night as canon, then yes, he is back with the murderers. He's got oh, yeah. no problem with it. So we have that schism going on. And then, you know, Captain America said he was going to help the X-Men. And then when Scott calls him, turns out it was really Mystique. So how is this going to get wrapped up? Who knows? And two issues. Or, or because it's Emma Frost and she has masked herself from everybody except for Juggernaut because he's always wearing that helmet. Uh, is she just, oh shit, is she going to do like the mind wipe? Didn't we have that recently? Maybe. I feel like we did. Well, is it also possible that, what was that series that you were reading where they ended it and it was like, literally they just like had a party at the end and it was really weird (laughs) and random? That was X-Men Blue. No, it was all new X-Men. Yeah. So is it possible that that's all they're going to do with these series and then House of M and House of X or Power of X are going to then House of X and Power of X um, are going to then explain all of that? Like they're going to try to tie up the ends in those stories? Well, there's a lot of ends to tie up, like the whole thing with Emma Frost. Um, I mean, you're you're on um, House of X, you have Jean Grey on the cover. She's dead or wherever ex-Jesus took her with everybody else. So what are you going to do about that? Or are they going to decide, you know what? We're just going to work with what we have left and they're just dead. They're gone. We're moving on. Um, It's possible, but Hickman, I think maybe it was a CBR interview where he said like he wants to get this back to basics and get this back to the original feel, which 
to me feels like he's gonna want to have some of the OG characters. So I guess that's why well, I he's said got it. Scott and Wolverine. What else does he need? <laughs> um, so I guess that's one of the things where I wonder. Is it going to be one of those things where they um, they just say, like, look, these people are alive. Don't ask questions. They're just alive. And go with this. Oh, I just remembered the mind wipe one. Hmm. That was not Marvel. That was DC. That was the end of Grayson. Right. Yes. Where Huntress did this magical, mysterious mind wipe. Yeah randomly that's one way to wrap up a series i guess and maybe that's right. maybe marvel read them they're like we should do that i mean we actually that have the mutants that's an option i mean we have like super you know we have omega level mutants like are they omega level though professor x certainly is but is, um, would you call him an omega level and then uh, i think emma frost is okay then cool yeah, sure. I don't know. <laughs> so, ask me again in two weeks when I get another issue. Seriously. So, we have... So, on one hand, it's impressive. I'm sympathetic to his aim. But there were some casualties. Well, this weird thing is that nothing's been announced yet. Um. So, yes. CBR has inferred that this means that all of the current X-series are, are going to end. As they put in here, Marvel's current X-Men output consists of Uncanny X-Men, Mr. and Mrs. X, X-Force, along with the Age of X-Men miniseries. All right, Age of X-Men was always going to be a miniseries. It was never going to go anywhere. It's all right. about telling a, a certain time. And then they said, now we know can be said for this... Now we know the same you said for X-Force and Mr. and Mrs. X. Those are still in the solicitations. I checked yesterday. Okay. Uh, uh, so I think they might be assuming something. Now, X-Force, I could totally see go away. Mm -hmm. Just because that's just so freaking weird. Um, they also forgot another one that's been going on, and that's uh, Major X which is another one that Seth is reading and I'm just going to wait right. for it to finish because it's going to be, it's another mini series and I'm going to wait for it to finish and get the trade. And uh, so we have that one as well. Not to mention we have how many Wolverine series? Too many. I mean, so Dead Man Logan is wrapping up and then we got Wolverine with the time-traveling baseball bat. Wolverine proper. And then uh, evidently a new Wolverine series is picking up in July. So they're saying that's going to be Mr. and Mrs. X. And if that's true, I'm going to have a rant. And, it's, and yes, a lot of it has to do with the fact that I love Rogan Gambit. And I love what Kelly Thompson has written. I think she's made a really fun series out of this. And they just started a new arc. So... And it's a monthly series. It's not every two weeks. So she can't wrap this up in the next month unless they said, oh, this is just going to be part of whatever Hickman's right. doing. But well, I guess well, I don't understand why. Why we can't have a few of these having their own 
miniseries. They've always done this in the past, and it's always been kind of fun. You know, like when, you know, Gambit's had a couple of um, lone series were just told like a single story, and that was basically for the the hardcore Gambit fans. And, you know, that's how Wolverine's comic kind of started, and then it just kind of went, because for whatever reason, people like him. Right. when Cyclops and Jean got married, there was a mini series called Cyclops and Phoenix. And it kind of just dealt with some of, you know, with them being married and uh, actually traveling to the future and dealing with Rachel and blah, 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 blah. Right. Those well, did just fine. Like, I guess I don't understand why some have to go and others don't. And and if if, like, all of these Wolverine ones get to stay, but Mr. and Mrs. X has to go... I'm calling some serious bullshit on it. Yes, I would agree with that. Because in my mind, if you're going to consolidate the X-Men, consolidate the X-Men. Get and that includes Earth. Wolverine. Yes, salt the Earth, get down to two things, and go forward with that. Do not say, oh, we're going to cancel like 90% of it, but the 10% that we're going to keep open is definitely the Wolverine people. I mean, I guess... And you and I have wondered this many, many times over the years. Are there really that many hardcore Wolverine fans? Like, do they keep making these? And I guess, I guess now that I'm talking it aloud, it has to be the case. They keep making these Wolverine series because people are buying them. Mm-hmm. And there must be these hardcore Wolverine fans who are like, you can't take my Wolverine from me. But I am, I, I guess I tend to be a little bit more hard-nosed about that. Like, either do the right thing, consolidate it all, and try to get your series on an even keel and then test the waters for spinoffs or just keep all the spinoffs and don't even bother with this. Don't get rid of almost all of your spinoffs, but then keep your Wolverine bullshit. Right. Cause you know, we needed this consolidation back in the nineties when we had X factor, X force, giant size, X-Men, X-Men, uncanny X-Men. And I'm probably leaving out two or three others. We needed right. this kind of consolidation back then, but I had no problem with, you know, Generation X. I really didn't, uh, probably because I didn't buy it, but, you know, I understood what they were doing with, with Generation X. I had no problem with, you know, uh, Wolverine Spears. I had no problem with uh, Cyclops and Phoenix. I didn't even have a problem with their stupid alternate timeline uh, you know, the possi- different possibilities and had those ki- kind of running. Whatever. You want to consolidate, that's fine. I don't understand why these other character series have to end because you're trying to clean up all this other shit. Right. Well, again, as I said, like, either clean it all up and and bring your house back into order or just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, I guess, to me, I'm not that impressed if ultimately all of this press and all of this coverage and this big ta-da so that they can consolidate one section of the series. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not that impressive. Okay, great. You got all of the core X-Men series back online, but Wolverine is still off doing whatever Wolverine does, and then we're probably going to have, you know, two or three others that are still doing whatever they do. Like, whatever. It, it just, it feels like a lot of grandstanding, and it feels, in that case, it's just going to feel like a desperate... So, Marvel's bread and butter for decades has been X-Men. That has been their cash cow. And over the years, it's been steadily declining for them. So 
if they're not going to actually have like a cohesive vision and do something with this, then it just feels like a lot of press to get people to pay attention and care again. Possibly. Kind of like when they killed Wolverine. Possibly. Again. <laughs> right. And then brought him back. It's just either consolidate it all and kill everything. Or just consolidate the main series and let the spinoffs go. Don't pick and choose. Don't consolidate the main series. Kill some spinoffs, but keep others. It's either all or nothing situation. You can't be picking and choosing Mm -hmm. because it's it's not balanced that way. Right. It's not. And you're sticking the finger to some of your fans in that. I mean, I understand apparently what we can't piss off the Wolverine fans. Everybody else is expendable, but the Wolverine fans. Mm. Well, you know... Mr. And Mrs. X was supposed to be a mini series, like a four or five series issue series, and that was it. And apparently, it sold so well they continued it. Right. So it's not like I'm the only person buying this comic. No, no. You know, so I mean, yes, I'm there screaming about it because it does affect, like, you know, my, my two favorite characters, and I love the comic itself. But just. Don't ignore that there's other fans out there, Marvel. Like, there's not just Wolverine fans out there buying your stuff. Right. I would love to see sales numbers in the Wolverine series. I really would. But, so, and I think this kind of... Especially with the time-traveling baseball bat. Like... God, yes. Please give me stats on that. Um, So this kind of segues into what we're reading or as Carrie cruelly truly pointed out what I'm not reading. I took this news. So I haven't read X-Men in years. I have no dog in this fight. I'm on one hand, I'm just kind of sitting watching it because I know you and Seth read it and I watch you guys go back and forth a lot. So I have a passing interest in the X-Men, but I do have a vested interest in Jonathan Hickman. And so Black Monday Murders, I've bitched about it on this podcast before. The last issue came out last year, February of 2018. Um, the one before that had been like in the September, before that had been June, like the space between issues was getting longer and longer. And for a while there, we were supposed to get the next issue in April and I was so excited for it. And then all of a sudden April came and went and it dawned on me that I hadn't gotten another episode issue of Black Monday Murders. And then Jonathan Hickman proclaims that he is descending from the heavens to fix X-Men. And I was not happy. Now, Apparently, the artist, Tom Coker, who I love his work. I really do love his work. I mean, Black Monday Murders, it has, it's very reminiscent of, um, oh my god, his name just totally escaped me. Um, His name escaped me, but he was the artist on Fatale, and he's the long, long time collaborator, Sean Phillips. He has that very heavily shaded noir look that I just absolutely love. Um, Apparently he's been having health issues. He hasn't really said what it is. And obviously as not a family member, he does not owe any of us an explanation. Um, But that's why it's been on this hiatus, which that sucks. And I, I want to believe him. And my first thought was we'll get another artist, but as a person who loved Rat Queens and it has gone straight into the toilet since, I don't know if people remember, but the original creator, it was the writer and the author or the artist and the artist had some home issues. 
that got him put in jail and so then he went the artist went off to get another co-creator and they never really quite got their vision aligned again and so the purist in me is like no you can't do this series without tom coker um but it's very sad because i don't have my black monday murders and you know what the thing that pisses me off the most about it is that i finally convinced somebody to come over to hipster island seth and Seth read the Black Monday Murders, and he was like, oh my god, this series is so good. I know, right? And now it's like a permanent hiatus. Um, and the thing that was really upsetting to me is that in the past, they used to have TBD on Black Monday Murders tw- 9, number 9. They had April for a while, and then that turned to TBD, and now it gives you a 404. So they're saying it's just been put on hiatus but well as of april uh, 24th because we're just looking all this up is when tom coker said the reason why it hasn't come out is because of, of health issues mm-hmm. fast forward may 14th uh where was that oh here it is um bleeding cool does their own research and like uh yeah um they're gone (laughs) yeah they're totally gone so i mean on one hand they're saying it's a hiatus and that's possible but i can't imagine that image comics would pull it down entirely um that seems a little odd to me so that was a little disheartening for me this week um there... That was actually one of my first thoughts when Seth brought up brought this up and said Hickman's going to do it. And I was like, as in Jonathan Hickman? Like, I don't think there's that many Hickmans in here. I looked up a screen with Jonathan Hickman. I was like, oh, Jen's going to be pissed just because of the Black Monday murders. And actually, when the main one I was thinking of was East of West. Well, he's, I already went on that rant last time because he's clearly rushing through the ending. So exactly. And apparently fixed the X-Men. So... It's all for you, X-Men fans. <laughs> I, Well, we needed some fixing, but not at the sacrifice for other things, you know? Right. I, Yeah, and I guess, I don't know. I Honestly, I kind of believe that between, between, since apparently they're making a show of East of West, I have a feeling between that and... Black Monday Murders was a very complex story. I mean, it was, like, super complex. So, I have a feeling he was just kind of like, hmm, we'll dodge the bullet there. Um, we'll see. I mean, check back with me in three or four years. Maybe he will decide to... <laughs> Maybe that's when number nine will come out. Oh, he's so angry. Be <laughs> like, Mah! Well, it was really upsetting to me. It's like, because- all of a sudden, she get this email from Comixology. He's like, I thought I unsubscribed from everything. <gasps> It's Black Monday Murders number nine. Right. Um, yeah, that one's upsetting. And of course, you know, Saga is on like a two-year hiatus while they figure out what they want to do. Is that his? No. Oh, okay. Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples, but they killed the main, one of the main characters. And now they're like, we're going to go away for two years. It's like. We're just going to give you guys two years to discuss. Awful. It was so. I'm still like, I hate the word shook, but I'm a little shook. Like, I see the cover for it every now and then, like on stuff, and I'm just like, 
Marco. And I get really sad and they're releasing this like $60 compendium of all of the issues. And I saw it today in the press release and I was like, Marco, <laughs> like it's, I'm not, actually it's more like, uh, it reminded me of that scene in Airplane 2. <laughs> the courtroom scene, like over Macho Grande. I'll never get over Macho Grande. Saga, well, the temporary end of Saga. Oh my god, talk about a movie that doesn't get quoted very often. <laughs> you know what? That courtroom scene is solid gold. I agree with you. Psychiatrist, can you give us your impression of Ted Stryker? My training's in psychology. I don't do impressions. <laughs> of course. It is just wonderful. That whole scene is fantastic. But So I don't have Black Monday murders. I'm not gonna have Black Monday murders. I'm so sorry, Seth. Um, but keep trusting me. Somebody else come to Hipster Island does not Black Monday murders. Well, I was there. I came to Hipster Island. You did come to Hipster Island. That's true. And that but... series is over. I know. It... Murder Falcon. We can both talk about this one. Murder Falcon. It ended. I cried. I cried so hard. I actually didn't. And I think it's because I, was, I knew it was coming. Yeah, that could be. I was more shocked at what happened the issue before when I could tell he was dying than right. I was when he actually went. Well, I think for me, it was the fact that they, they finally make it to the horn, the horn that calls, like, they have no idea what it does when they get there. The fact that Lemmy is at the bottom of it holding the Ace of Spades up, that was delightful and so they finally sound the horn and instead of being whatever they thought it was going to be and that was the part that really wrecked me is that all of a sudden they just start showing all these random people playing music and they're kind of like what the hell is this and that's when jake explains he's like oh these are people who are destined to die but still play music and just seeing they go into this big panel with all of these people playing this music and that was really wonderful and then of course jake passes and the fact the fact that ronnie dio shows up as the grim reaper was just so wonderful <laughs> i for anybody who lives under a rock that would be the guy who took over sabbath after ozzy osbourne left and was just metal as fuck um that was it was it was such a nice way to end the series again for a series that started off as this fluffy heavy metal's gonna kill a bad guy called magnum chaos <laughs> and the fact that it had this surprisingly deep story going under it and then to get to this ultimate really nice ending mm -hmm. this was i i work in software so one of the phrases that i can't stand is surprise and delight but this was the very definition of a surprise and a delight series for me. I came for the art and the metal, and I just had this warm, fuzzy feeling at the end. Yeah, I came for the, for the metal and the funny. Yes, and there was plenty of that. Yeah, and uh, I don't remember which issue it was that just blew my fucking mind. I think it was when... I don't remember exactly which issue it was, but it was when you learned that his wife's not dead. Yes. Um, I think that was issue three, four, maybe? Maybe. When he goes to her and you're like, oh, you're the one who's sick. Yeah. Oh, no. 
that like that blew my mind um oh i just got chills yes the japanese philharmonic playing okay i want to contact this guy and i want that panel of the philharmonic coming in just for the trombone players straddling the yes and i want that framed in my house somewhere because oh i would love to have he as a band as a former band nerd from junior high high school and college i've never seen a a band group encapsulated so wonderfully (laughs) than in that one panel I'm actually trying to find it right now really quickly because it's, I mean, it is, it's just, and the thing that I love about it, I found it. The thing that I love about it is that there's so much going on. It's a three quarter panel and there's just so much going on in this panel. And I, so when I first read it, I was like, oh, that's really funny, but I want to keep seeing what goes on in the rest of the issue. And then I had to come back and read it and like, the fact that there's a guy, the four in the forefront is a guy on a motorcycle with the sidecar, and there's a tuba in the sidecar. Yes. The guy driving the motorcycle has the bell thing, and there's a guy behind him binging a triangle. Like, they literally thought of everything. It's, oh, the tuba in the sidecar was just god perfect. Oh, it's wonderful, and there's a grand piano on a tank. Yes, and what was the other one that I really? like oh there's a hammer dulcimer hammer dulcimer on the back of a semi i I want this panel so very badly it was this series again it was just a surprise and delight from start to finish and it was all the little things Mm -hmm. where i feel like almost every panel you were like look at that it was I was so sad. On one hand, I think it stayed the perfect amount of time. They had a story, a beginning, a middle, and an end that they Mm -hmm. told. But I was really sad to see it go. I could have seen it continue just in the fact that, you know, that the band is back together. And they're going to continue to fight evil through the power of metal. Because I think you could do lots of things through there. But the fact that he was sick. I think it... Yes, you could have made the, oh, he he was, he's in remission or whatever, but I don't think it would have done it the proper justice. No, I, it really upset me that he passed, but it was the right ending for him. I was actually a little, I was kind of worried that they were going to do the cinematic Constantine thing where they were like, oh, your cancer has been cured now. Um, I was a little bit worried about that. And so again very sad to see it go but it was it was a very concise story Mm -hmm. and so it actually has become one of my go-to recommendations for people now because quick not a high investment fun if you have a even a passing interest in metal it's great Mm -hmm. and so i really liked that one you god i don't even know where to start where we well, start with you. Well, I mean, we can ignore Uncanny X-Men because we are pretty much already. You have got so talk- many that I'm like, oh, uh, uh. Let's start at the beginning with Rick. <laughs> I think it's funny that about almost every month, Larry asks, like, are you still reading Nightwing? <laughs> like, he, like, he expects me to have quit it. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm sticking with it. I'm guessing this is just 
You know, and I had this revelation. I was reading this issue today because nothing really important happened in this issue. Like, so no, right. nothing groundbreaking or anything. One thing I've always complained about with Nightwing is that they can't break away from these tried and true tropes with him, with like the circus, and um, really I said the circus, like looking for his parents' murderers and getting obsessed with this and always going back to the circus like you know the new 52 had him where he was like in charge of the circus again and you know blah 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 blah. and i've complained that they never know that they're always stuck with where wherever he is and i guess one reason why i liked grayson so much is because he finally wasn't stuck anymore he was in a totally right. different role and i guess and then when he came back back into the court of owls shit and so now, now that things have changed, I'm complaining. And I guess it's because I don't like what, what they've done. Like, I wanted things to change, but I wanted him to stay true to who he is. Right. You didn't want them to have to completely change the character. Right. Which is what they've done. I mean, he's kind of fighting with himself because he's still, you know, he's part of the Nightwings. He's still, like, he wants to help. He wants to be part of this. Um, now the cops who are doing this, they really don't trust him because they don't know where he came from. They don't know anything about him. How, you know, how they can trust him to keep a secret, even though he's obviously got skills. Um, but I, I guess, because I really thought this was going to be a temporary thing, especially because when you Scarecrow had something to do with this, I really thought that was going to be it. When that all came out, it was all going to be over. His memory is going to come back. It's great. But I guess, no, it's like, you know what? People complaining that he's always stuck in the same place. So we're going to make him not stuck by totally redoing who he is. I'm not saying that's the best way to do it, but that's the only way they could figure out how to do it. Well, this is where we are. Be careful what you wish for. My problem is, because he even says this in this issue, is that one thing he says, one thing he likes about his, his life is that he doesn't have to explain who he is and he can make new friends again unlike these people who are strangers that call him his family i'm sorry dude but when you wake up in a hospital from a coma and these people who are your family are around you and they're telling you that they are your family this is the man who raised you this is his son and like basically your little brother who has who you know and then because one of the reasons damon's gone off the rails he has dick's always been his lightning rod his support the one thing that kept him from going too insane you know, you've had all these people and you wake up and you don't know who they are and you just say, fuck you, I'm leaving. Who does that? Um, soap opera characters? Not really, because even them, they'll still be like, yes, I know that you know that, that, that you're my family. They don't totally reject them the entire time. They're just like, oh, well, this is just kind of who I, who I am now. Like, he won't even talk to them. Which is just right. weird. And it's not that they don't try. Even Peter Gallagher and While You Were Sleeping kept trying to talk to Sandra Bullock. <laughs> You're welcome. Nice. Right. Well, I mean, there's that. It's like, well, your family, maybe you don't remember, but you have this. Well, I guess I just don't understand that. And, and maybe it's because all these TV shows I've ever seen where somebody loses their memory. They don't know who they are. They still respect that this is their family because where else are you going to go? Right. And I have, 
And even if he's like, well, maybe I don't want to be part of that life. So you don't want to be part of that life anymore. But you're saying that you don't want to take monetary support from the richest man in the world who's willing to fund you for stuff. Right. You're fine with just like crashing in people's houses when they're when they're not home or sleeping in your cab. That's cool. Yeah, they've. I mean, just from what you've said, it sounds like they've made him very unlikable. He's not likable, like at uh, all. I mean, I guess again, like they were like, "Hey, you want something different? Here's something different." Like even the girl that he's with now, I don't understand what she sees in him. Because he's, I mean, I guess pun intended and not intended, he's like a total dick to everybody. Right. Yeah, I, I didn't, yeah, so is it, was it Flash that he crossed over with? Or was it Batman? It was Bat- Batman, because Larry's asking. Flash. Yeah, I read Flash, like, Larry's asking about, about Bat was going to Nightwing because Nightwing was in Batman and I was like well anything happened in this issue it doesn't explain what he was saying to Batman he's like oh that he just you know this is not my life anymore I was like well that's what he's been been saying for a while now I almost wish that they just killed off the character you know he's been the only Robin who hasn't died (laughs) if this is what you're going to go with him you might as well have just killed him off Um, right but like we talked about before maybe people really like this guy I yeah, I mean, maybe there are people out there. I mean, I kind of admit, I kind of like the Nightwing team. I think they're kind of funny. Mm-hmm. You know, what they're trying to do, because they're like, yeah, well, because they're all police officers and fire firemen. And it's like, well, we, only, we can only do so much in the confines of the law, but, you know, as a mass vigilante, we can kind of do what we know we should do, but we're not allowed to do. Right. Type thing. But... Anyway. So what is going on in Flash? Oh, we're starting over. We're, um, well, not really starting over. It's, like, I was like, two issues ago, Flash, like, came back into um, his CSI lab. He got his main job back, blah, blah, blah. And there's a hooded person in there who's told him that you need to remember what you've forgotten. And just kind of, like, I don't know, kind of did an ancient one, like, out-of-body experience. And so... We're doing a Flash year one thing. Because apparently something happened when he got his powers that he has forgotten. And we get to go through that whole thing all over again. Yay. That's it. And then apparently Superman's about to do the same thing. We're going to have a Superman year one. So I guess we're going to have a Batman year one because we haven't had that story told. Ever. I think I think kids in America are born knowing that story. Mm-hmm. Like it's just innate knowledge at this point. Even my five-year-old knows it. Oh yeah, yeah. I I don't remember when my eleven-year-old. She's known it for like a really long time. Like again, I think you're just kind of like you're born knowing the Ode to Joy, Bohemian Rhapsody. I think you're man. also born knowing where Superman came from. Yeah, pretty. I mean, there, it's it's just so. It's so pervasive and almost omnipresent. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone gets exposed to it at some point or another. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with it again. Mm. 
So, hey, Which I, is basically their way of that they're going to add something that we have conveniently, y'all can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes, they have conveniently forgotten. Oh, well, maybe so, he can also be possessed by a goddess. So that they can retcon shit. Yeah. To do whatever this reboot thing is going to happen. I, and I know we've said this probably a dozen times in this podcast, but I just want them to shit or get off the pot. Either reboot or don't. Like you know what I'm. You know, they're going toward it. You know what clamoring I want? They're going to do a year one. Why don't we do a Nightwing year one? Okay, <laughs> and we can go right. all the way back to when his parents died. Fine. And go all the way back there if, if we want or to the point where he decided to go solo or whatever whatever but, just something yes something else although it sounds like talking to larry about justice league i don't know who's who's gonna do, like it's like a race to who's gonna reboot dc is it batman fucking things up is it flash because of what happened to uh wally and heroes in crisis or is it doomsday clock or is it Justice League Dark? Or is it all of them at once? Which, so I don't have another the issue of Justice League Dark, thank God. I couldn't have handled that this week. It's been kind of a rough week. Um, has Shazam mentioned the fact that all the magic people are gone and about to lose all their magic and there's monsters eating magic? No, because they're still trapped in these magic Dark. lands. Oh, sweet. Wait, which magic lands? Remember there's the seven magic lands? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, which apparently Upside Down Man and his cronies haven't gotten to yet, nor have the Lords of Order. Lady Symmetry. Well, Black Adam has shown up. Ooh. Uh, he was like, he <laughs> gets in there and he's like, God damn it, Shazam. Like, I don't know why you're doing all this. Like, these realms have been closed off for years for a reason. You're just going to ruin everything. So he's determined he's going in to, I guess, save them or whatever. And he's making a, it seems, he's doing a lot of posturing and mm. not helping and making a kind of a bigger mess in right. the process. As DC heroes do. I don't know. Is Black Adam really a hero? Well, that's true. I guess just as DC characters do, they just show up and are like, shit's fucked now. You're welcome. Like, I'm, but I'm going to fix it. But Maybe. I'm going to fuck it all up first. Because this is what we do. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty accurate. Are you still enjoying the series, though? I am. It's. I have a hard time following it sometimes. Um, just because so many things just kind of happen rapidly, and it doesn't help that the kids are all separated into into different lands, so it's kind of hard to follow. Like especially the game lands, like it's been really hard for me to follow the rules. I just know that oh, they're right. I just know that they're screwed because of something that they've done. I do love that in the Wildlands, uh, you have Darla and Freddy in prison because they're all wildlife and like you can't trust a human, so you got to kill them all. And they are in this court, and the lawyers are kangaroos. They are literally in a kangaroo court. That's delightful. And you can't even argue with that. It really is. And so there's also like sheepdogs and the uh, uh, the judge is a giraffe. 
Which well, is, see, that's just delightful, too. I mean, you gotta, you know. And, and they've been sentenced to be eaten by tigers. And the tigers are like, we don't want to kill people. Like, we don't want to do this. Oh, okay. I was like, I try to remember. So, before Black Adam can really get in there and save them after you've done all this posturing, when they're all like, okay, we don't really need you right now. Mm-hmm. Dr. Savannah shows up. And it's like, he's like, okay, he's like, you know, before you go in there and, and do this stuff, you have two choices. You can either join uh, Mr. Mind Society or you can die. And Black Adam says, I have a third idea. How about I kill you instead? And that's right. kind of where, where it ended. So he's once. So Billy and everybody, they're trying to get out of the magic lands after they realized, oh, we should not be here. But at the same time, Billy doesn't want to leave the fun lands alone because of what's going on there. Because, like, he's basically kidnapping kids with this allure, like, you know, with candy in a van. And then when the kids get, uh, kid, this is King Kid, and when the kids get turn 18, they're immediately shuffled to slavery to keep Funlands running. Right. And the kids aren't allowed to leave. Like, if they want to go back home, they're not allowed to. Right, it's the, uh, it's the drunk land from Pinocchio. Yeah. Kind awesome. of, just without donkeys, I guess. Well, we don't want donkeys. No, so they just wait till they turn 18 and put them all into slavery. And he's, and Chris Billy's like, don't you see how wrong this is? He's like, no, because adults are horrible. Well, he's the only one who never turns into an adult, so it's very convenient for him. So Billy and Mary don't want to leave until they fix this. But, you know, we still have, uh, you know, Darla and Freddy, who are in kangaroo court. And then uh, Pedro and... Eugene are in game lands and Eugene thought he was going to be amazing, but I can't follow exactly what happened, but they're actually going to make Pedro do the race. And it's like, and if you die in the race, because the way that they pushed it, he sounds like he's going to die. So it's just like a lot of stuff coming at once. So it's been a little, I mean, I still enjoy it because it's always this funny movements, but it's kind of hard to follow. Right. It's because it's like so it. much. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're trying to give everybody, it sounds like pretty equal screen time. Which makes it a little hectic, it sounds like, just from your descriptions of it. Mm-hmm. So, and then you're also in your final DC for this week. You're reading Deceased. I don't remember why I thought this was a good idea. I think it's because it sounded like this could this this would be the reboot. I don't think so, though. No. And I love like how they keep saying that it's not zombies. But it totally is. But it totally is. And just makes me think of this Penny Arcade comic from like a long time ago. When uh, Brutal Legend was out and Tim Schafer kept going on and on and on about how it was not a real-time strategy. And so Gabriel was telling Tycho, he's like, well, he says it's not a real-time strategy, but I have this, so I'm not sure. And so Tycho's like, well, let's think of it this way. If it, if it sounds... If it talks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it looks like a duck, what is it? He's like, a duck? He's like, what? Have you even been listening to what I'm saying? And that's kind of what this reminds me of. It's yeah. just, you know, it's totally not zombies. And yet it is at the same time. Um, I mean, it's digital virus. It's like everybody gets it by looking at a screen, which, okay, guys. We've made this point in now three different DC comics that I've read 
I get it. It's people, a little too on the nose. People getting hooked on their phones is bad. Okay. Okay. I, I, I get it. But why this virus makes people kind of become like these diseased things that want to like bite and eat other people. But we're totally not zombies. Even though you can get people the virus by biting them. It's still not still not zombies. Right. And I still don't know, like, you know, why, you know, well, who. The interview that I read with Tom King, where he was, like, tripping over himself. Not Tom King. Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor. I was like, the other Tom, not Tom Jones. The interview that I read with him, where he was tripping over himself, trying to say that it's not zombies. I think that he doesn't want it. I, don't, I think he doesn't want to scare people away by this being yet another zombie story. Like, I think he wants to do something a little deeper with it. And the only way that he can figure out how to portray that is to assure people that this is not zombies. Well, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the current uh, new video game out, Days Gone. Because they're like, they're not zombies, they're freakers. Well, they're zombies. They're zombies. And I kind of felt the same way about, even though I never played it, The Last of Us. Even though, like, oh, no, they're uh, clickers and things. I'm like, seriously. They were they were a little different. They were zombie-like. But that game, I would give it to them if they weren't zombies. But, like, yeah. There's it's the same idea. Like, it's not zombies. And I'm like, it is, though. There was actually a board game that is infamous in our house because it was so friggin' bad. But they kept talking about how this is not another zombie game. And I'm like mindless killing machines who used to be people and if they bite you, you turn into one of them. You're right. That's not a zombie. Okay. Well, you know, it's like if it looks like an RTS and plays like an RTS. Gathers, re gathers resources like an RTS. It's totally not an RTS. It's totally not. Yeah. It, exactly. So I feel for Tom Taylor because I know that he's he. I think he really does want to do something cool and meaningful with this. And maybe he will. You know, that we've only had one issue. Oh, yeah, for sure. I just, I, th and I understand that I think he wants to avoid that, oh, DC with zombies label, but. Bruh. Well, then don't call it deceased. Yeah, that too. Um, but, bruh, that's what you're doing? Like, I, I just want to tell him, like, just own it. Own it and then be like, but mine's going to be awesome. Because with Injustice, I mean, the guy's earned goodwill. I don't know. Well, what I find funny is, like, I'm really curious. So I don't even know what time this takes place in. Because when Batman comes home to try to talk to everybody. It's an alternate universe. Oh, well, why am I reading this? Because Red Robin and Nightwing are there. Which makes me wonder, is like, well, how did Nightwing get turned to a zombie? Because he didn't know how to use a phone. <laughs> they make that joke right. all the time. Yeah, it's an alternate universe. See... Yeah, that's why I quit reading Injustice, too. At least keep me honest on that, because I'm, like, 90% certain that I had read something where he said. Because I thought Deceased was going to be the lead-up to the reboot, and I saw an interview with him, and I was like, oh, cool, how are they going to reboot it? And he's like, oh, alternate universe with something that's totally not zombies. And my first thought was, why is Carrie reading this? Well, I missed that memo. But although, you know, I guess what, I just figured it took place in a different time. Because, you know, Green Arrow is part of the Justice League. Mm -hmm. 
And so is Black Canary, and we know that's not really happening. Maybe I'm just the idiot. It's happened. I just don't pick up on the clues. Yeah, I don't know on that one. But no, I, I'm pretty sure that's what I read. Which, well, it doesn't say that in the description, but that doesn't mean anything. I would have sworn I saw that in the interview with him. Um, I believe you. I mean, I mean, don't quote me. But. He wrote Injustice, which takes place in an alternate universe. Yeah, it's a yeah. It's, so there's a DC Comics blog from May sixth, and it says um, DC's new alternate reality zombie comic are written is written by Tom Taylor. Okay. Sorry, I just work here. So I'm just I'm just dumb it's again. It's so funny to me that he has been like tripping over himself saying it's not zombies, and then the May sixth official DC Comics blog calls it zombies. So well, this is her entire thing is she's like I'd like to say that I honestly don't like zombies but I do love this oh yeah I do love Elseworlds type alternate reality stories yeah okay well this is what the official description says about the zombies the not zombies a mysterious technovirus has been released on earth infecting 600 million people and turning them instantly into violent monstrous engines of destruction Oh, so not zombies. Not okay. zombies. Maybe they're techno zombies. No, I guess that could be. But so it's crazy. This this has been a weird few weeks because I only had the two comics. I would have had nothing else to really talk about today except you did throw a Black Monday murder song. Thank you. So you have your alternate reality zombie story, and I have what used to be one of my favorite series and now I'm just scratching my head over it. Gideon Falls has gotten weird. Like weird. Like as I was reading it, all I could hear in my head was Varric saying, this shit is weird. <laughs> That's where it's gone now. So last issue we teleported back to like the 1800s when Norton Sinclair, the real Norton Sinclair, accepts this demon into his body i guess and kills all these people and then he opens oh, right right yeah and then he opens a portal and this priest because apparently it's always norton and it's always a priest the priest like follows him back through like these two different versions of the old west and then to so this issue then he goes to the old west and then suddenly he gets teleported to like a future which it's this weird future where it's like gideon falls is watching you is put all over the buildings and there's like this really violent police and the only thing that i can think about is if you've seen the phineas and ferb movie when they go to the dr doofenshmirtz alternate reality where he's actually taken over the world it looks like doofenshmirtz's post-apocalypse world that's all i can say a post-topian i guess i i couldn't take it seriously all i could think about was doofenshmirtz and so they like arrest the priest because religion's illegal and they throw him in jail and the demon's in jail and the demon's just like well why did you survive because you should be dead too so 
I have a feeling that the priest is also like some small part of him is the other priest that we've been following for those first few episodes or issues. I keep wanting to call it episodes. And then somehow that's going to link up together and this is important and like he's trying to save Norton and Norton's like, oh, you're right. I shouldn't have accepted this this uh, demon into my heart. But I did. <laughs> and, yeah, it's like it's weird, and I mean, I'm following the story, but I'm like, this is weird, and frankly, he better cut to the point soon, because I, he ended on such a cliffhanger, I do not want to spend another two episodes watching this priest time jump. I was emotionally invested in those other characters, and now you're giving me this weird stuff? Yeah, it's just... Really? Maybe he's seeing like this feature that he knows he has to stop. So I has, guess. So he has to go back. I guess. Or like maybe he's trying to explain where where all these characters came from and why they're there and stuff. But I don't, I guess, and this is really awful of me, but I'm reading this and my first thought was, I don't think I cared. Like you could have just, I, I didn't need the backstory to the story. I i was good progressing with this story and you could have filled us in a little along the way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, yeah, I i find it all very strange. So I i like it. I'm going to give it another couple of issues, but if it doesn't, if it doesn't get back on track and it keeps going with this weirdness, I'm, I might bail on it and I think you know that that crushes me to say yeah because you really like this in the beginning I mean it sounded fascinating this is the one with the black barn right yes yeah yeah but now we're out of that and I think that was the other disappointing thing to me is that I was perfectly happy accepting that there was this like black barn that existed between the worlds and it was definitely demonic and there was something really evil about it but finding out that like the guy has a thing that lets him go to any reality and time and he can mess around with that kind of stuff and that the black barn really wasn't important per se because it's really just this I can't remember what he calls it it's not a, hom a homunculus but it's something similar to that and like okay hmm. yeah so it is disappointing so I read the last two issues again I mean as much as I love the series I've read the last two issues just like Okay, I, I guess this is weird, and I—that's not a good place to be reading from. <laughs> that's a little disappointing to me, honestly. I'm. And if you cancel good. that, what else are you going to be reading? You got nothing. I have no idea. I, I have nothing. All of my horror comics have come to an end, or I quit them because I just was couldn't handle them. Like Redlands. Redlands was just not. Well, see, I mean, I guess like, you still kind of got east of west. Coming to an end, and then I wasn't being a jerk. I wasn't trying to be a jerk about it. And then you have you have um, Wicked and the Divine. Yeah, I have Wicked and the Divine, which is gonna wrap up soon. Right. I have Die. That's still oh yeah. A thing. Walk through Hell is still a thing, but I get. I feel as though I feel as though a Walk through Hell does oh, not have more than ten issues. Man Eaters. Maybe. If she progresses the story and gets off the soapbox a little bit. But you then... Wait. You had Captain Marvel. 
Oh, I was figured we'd gone on too long. Oh, well, that's also that. So. I mean, it, it, it wrapped up this arc. So, I mean, it, yeah. just, it wrapped it up. She saved the world. Sheen Roger, cool-ish, mm-hmm. I guess. And Rogue's like, well, I got to go back home. Got to go see what Remy's been up to. Because mm-hmm. the last issue of uh, Mr. and Mrs. X is when they got back from their adventures in Mojoverse. And she had a message from Carol saying, hey, I need your help with this. She's like, oh, I got to go. She never calls me. And then it turns out it's really that nuclear nuclear man setting a trap for her. Right. So now that's over. She's going to go back. Well, also Mr. Mix, Mr. Mrs. X ended when Rogue left. Remy says, like, you can come out now. And it's his dad. He's like, yeah, you, you got to come back to the guild. So there's going to be a, another adventure supposedly right. going to happen. We'll see. It just dawned on me. I'm really going to have to, like, find new comics. So if you're listening to this, I'll take suggestions. Yeah, she likes uh, postopian demon stuff. If you can find me something more to replace my demon bankers. Like, what I are we going to do? That, that phrase is so quintessential to our podcast. Like, what are we going to do without demon bankers? It is true. Demon bankers is our... Aliens trying to steal a necklace from a wizard. Yeah. So I'm going to need to find something else. Oh, we'll always have demon bankers in our hearts. Well, I'll, they'll always be in my heart. But yeah, I guess I'm going to have to now find something. Oh, Infinite Dark has been on my list forever. Anyways, I'm going to find something. Suggest something to me too, please, because you're amazing. Well, you want to well, well, there's that, and you know, you can always do your, you know, search for your favorite author to see what they're. That's true. What they're up to. What they're up to. <laughs> do, you want to do you want to take us out, Karen? Uh, so, all right. So, sorry about that. Uh, Jen got scared for a second, and I was trying not to laugh at her. There's anyway. no lights on in our hallway, and all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, and I, I'm blind in one eye, so all I see is like light and dark and there's just like this little pale figure growing in the side and it wasn't Samara from the ring. It was my daughter. I think it's better than Samara from the ring. Oh, infinitely. But (laughs) for a second there, I was about to scream. Okay. Well, we don't want Jen to scream. So thank you again for listening to another episode of yelling about comics you can find this podcast of course on the website at yellingaboutcomics.com and you can find us on twitter at yell about comics and on facebook at yelling about comics you can find jen and i individually on twitter at i am at crunch eh, i am at crunchy chocobo jen is at jen bozier you can also find the podcast not only on the website along with some of our fabulous articles that we are every now and then are inspired to write you can also, so in addition to find the podcast there with those fabulous articles, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, as well as Stitcher. And so we will come back in another couple of weeks. And with that, we'll say good night and good luck. And courage to not scream when your kid comes into the room. <laughs>